0: All right, here we go. Strew man, the four-outdoorsman. Mark Lukey is right next to me. Brandon Baxstrom is behind the glass. Every Sunday, boy, we have a lot of fun on the four-outdoorsman. But, of course, before we can even get to the four-outdoorsman, what has to happen?
1: Uh, I'm not sure. No, the think it, homegrown it, it show. has to be the homegrown oh. <laughs> show.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, of course, uh, I'm like,
1: Brandon? Brandon has to happen? Yes. Yeah, does. If it wasn't for happen, Brandon, yeah. the show would not happen.
0: Brandon had a hit home run again today with a young man named Adam Brandt. You know, I've listened to his stuff a long, long time. Haven't had a chance to see him perform live. Oh, he really? Was Will. That
2: was your first, huh?
0: No, no. I've seen him perform live oh, here before, here. but okay. I'm saying like out, and, out in the real the band, world. yeah. Yeah, with a real band and all that. But these guys were afraid to come across the Mississippi River, you know, and then <laughs> So uh, I never get anybody coming over to White Bear Lake. Very, very much so. But I'll get That's a, It's a sketchy
2: part of town. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Adam Brandt's a real deal. Boy, I've listened to him for a long, long time, and and uh, it's, a, it's a thrill. So I'm proud of him and proud of his gang. So hopefully he keeps on kicking some butt. As a matter of fact, he's going to be at the Landcastle thing, right? I don't know. Yeah, right? I think he is, yeah. And... Uh, uh we're gonna have bill cats on at six fifteen to talk about that yeah yeah that's a little function there but yeah, yeah that's
1: coming up very very soon so get your tickets to Landcastle. it is an awesome event
0: it's a lot of fun boy you gotta you learn a lot and you see a lot of cool things and uh there's good music out there what town yeah. was that in again
1: uh what's that what town was it in Um, Winstead.
0: Okay. Whoa, that a boy. Good memory.
1: Winstead. Yep. It's a great, great venue. Um, Brandon does a great job. He is not feeling well, so Bill's going to pinch hit and talk about it in a couple minutes. But um, yeah, it always means fall. It's like... State Fair, Game Fair, lancaster yeah, yeah. that means hunting season is around the
0: corner. If your memory is so good, tell me, uh, where did Moses receive the Ten Commandments? Mount Sinai. That a boy! That a boy! The reason <laughs> I said that, uh, I did—I emceed uh, Cornfest. Our church at St. Jude's in Matamita has their annual big fundraiser called Cornfest. It's a lot of fun. Live music. Uh, Coy- Coyote Wild was there, and they're a great group, like a lot of everybody else around the Twin City here. But uh, I did some trivia questions for Bob FM and gave away some hats and T-shirts, and I asked a guy named Bob, by coincidence, that question. And he hollered out, Mount Sinai!" Holy buckets. We had a few cocktails. I don't know if someone helped or not. But well, if it's uh, a
1: church fundraiser, I'd hope someone would know it.
0: Well, he, he's, uh, I'm not sure what his <laughs> <laughs> his, uh, his. Or he just really liked corn. <laughs> I, uh, 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 nice guy he was. A uh, good group of people there. He had, I don't know how they did it, but there was a... There had to be always a few hundred people there all the time, kind of like Sam's gig. And uh, there was a beautiful, like a couch set up right in front of the stage reserved for somebody special. And Bob and his wife and whoever else was, there's four or five of them got to sit there. They must have outbid everybody or did something to win that thing. So this man not only got to sit in front of the stage, he got a new Bob FM hat. So congratulations to you, Big Bob. Uh, He loves to hunt and fish too. We talked a lot. Talked a lot. As a matter of fact, he gave me an idea for a guest. Hope the guy calls me. Uh, he knows. I talked to the guy. He was uh, charged by a grizzly bear in Alaska. I don't know how often, how recent it was. And uh, and he's alive. He's that's, alive. That's a good start. Yeah. He said he was uh, in a tent for a long, long time. Wouldn't come out. <laughs> <laughs> What's a tent going to do? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. You got your you got your bells, right? And you your pepper spray. He had yeah, a big yeah. week. You had a busy week, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Every week's a busy week, man. School starting. Uh, football starting for the kids today flag football uh, hockey started it uh, you know there's a lot going on early goose season um, I don't think there's a lot of geese flying yet I talked to your son Mike and uh, we were thinking about going Saturday but I think the hot days for a week kind of stunted that and I don't think they start really moving till it starts getting cold so hopefully geese will start flying here soon because I am excited to shoot Shoot some water. Well, foam. I don't
0: want I don't want it to get cold. So I don't care if they yeah. don't, I don't care if they ever fly.
1: Lots coming up. So Nick is ten now, and um so he gets to do the youth hunt, uh, which is a special weekend, MEA weekend, where if you're ten and up, you can hunt with with an adult. So you're talking about deer hunting now, right? Deer hunting, yeah. yeah. So we're excited for that. So I went out and purchased a left-handed Bolt Action 243 for my son Nick and eventually my son Max, who's also a lefty. But I'll tell you lefty bolt actions are not easy to come by I wasn't planning on buying it but I just happened to be at a store and saw one so I'm like I better get it But
0: I had it with a, I'm with left handed so I, yeah I shoot left handed yeah. I, I was hunting uh, my first year deer hunting when I was 13 years old and one of my neighbors gave me a a, a 20 gauge shotgun whatever mm-hmm. it was and with slug and that's a and, good that's a good youth yeah youth rifle and it was a or not yeah, a rifle but but it wasn't a left-handed bolt um uh, I, I think the bullets probably came ejected in front of you yep, that's so the that's a righty yep. okay yeah, yeah
1: um yeah right-handed will eject on the right side yeah. so um but most lefties probably are just used to shooting a standard right-handed gun but anyway yeah. kind of funny story I bought this gun in particular I was going to buy a youth model gun, you know, because uh, a 10-year-old isn't going to handle a a big, big gun. But um, I I looked at the Savage, and it had a a plastic piece in the butt. And and the guy's like, well, you can take that piece out, and then the butt will be shorter, and then a kid can use it. And then as he gets older, you can put it back in. Makes sense to me. So I bought it, took it home, took it apart the rubber piece did not fit back into the butt after I took the plastic piece off. It is not designed to do that. So I thought it was crazy. I looked online, and there's whole forums and forums and forums of people upset about that. Oh, and, there were. And oh, that's interesting. So then there was some hacks. So I ended up taking my brand-new gun and hacksawing <laughs> part of it and reattaching the butt. Yeah. So I got it to work, but it always is a little unnerving... Taking a hacksaw to your brand new rifle. I would think so. How much did you have to hack off? Um, there was like a, a significant piece of plastic that was hitting incorrectly. So um, I think it'll work to put the shim back in as they get older, I hope. But um, either way, it wasn't a very expensive gun. But still, you want it to do what it's supposed to. But it, yes, taking a brand new gun, never been shot, and uh, hacksawing the buck together. Was you, a little You
0: bought this at a, um, don't tell me the name of the store, but was it online or was it at a, at a, a sporting goods store? It's at a sporting goods store, yeah. And you didn't think about going back and bitching about it?
1: Um, I called him. I called him and he didn't believe me that uh, you could, that didn't happen. I'm like, I'll give you $20 if you can do it. And I will come in and show you and hand you the cash. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, I never heard back from them, so um, not a
0: big deal. We'll so you make took it, work. it into your own hands, right? I took it into my so own. So how hands. would a half an inch or whatever it is off the off the butt of it the gun? It was like two inches. All right. And how much will that affect the, you know, the the alignment and the balance, all those other kind of things? Well, I'll,
1: re- I'll recite it in. Um, so I bought one of those um, laser. So you can put a bullet in the chamber and it's got a laser, so you can zero in everything. And so. Um, it'll affect everything. I'll have to re- recalibrate everything and sight in the scope again. But
0: You're telling me that there's bullets with lasers in them?
1: Yeah. So when you first buy a scope or change a scope or buy a gun, um, you, know, you have to zero it in, right? And, and the first shot might be three feet off. And you're not going to believe this. I hunt in um, state land. And, and the guy told me that I have to have copper bullets, like you can't have lead bullets. I, I don't know if that's true or not, but he told me I need copper bullets. And guess how much 20 rounds of deer hunting 243 ammo was for
0: one box? For copper bullets. Mm-hmm. 20 shells. Mm-hmm. 20 little bullets. I'd say they are 42 bucks. You're spot on. Really? Did I tell you this No, already? you
1: did not. Yeah. So, I bought two boxes of shells that cost $2 a piece. One third of what the gun costs. (laughs) And so, I'm like, I'm thinking to myself, I'm going to get to the gun range. We're going to pull off the first round and it's going to be way off, right? Yeah. So, it's going to take 10 rounds to get even close to the dot. And I'm thinking to myself, that's 20 bucks. (laughs) So, this laser sight thing was 20 bucks or whatever. So, you can, you can. Dial in your scope to line up to exactly to where the laser is, so at least right. you're close, right? It, it's going to be a little bit off when you fire, but um, at least I won't spend twenty five bucks in shells getting the getting the sight close. Well,
0: you so. could take April out to Outback for that stuff and have a nice, nice take over there. What the hell? Nothing's cheap, man. That's really interesting. I never knew you had lasers for bullets. Yeah, it's. I mean, they've been around for a while. It's. It's.
1: I wouldn't trust it a hundred percent, but at least it'll get you close. So then you can dial it. Then I can spend three. You know, ten dollars in in uh, bullets, sighting it in instead of fifty. So.
0: Now you know as much as uh, as the rest of the world who listen to this radio show. The Four outdoorsmen. By the by the way, thanks for listening, everybody who's there. But uh, I know nothing about the guns and that. Kind. I just do it, and I just, I just do it. You said you bought a, a two twenty three.
1: Uh, no, a two forty three. Oh, a two forty three. Yep. Is that the same
0: thing that we were talking about on the way here as well? The two forty three. Two forty three is a little bit.
1: So I. I've always thought, you know, 243 would be a good um, round for Youth Hunter because it's it's bigger than a 223, but it's not like a 308. It's not a really big round. But then when I bought it, I realized, and I did not know this, is it's actually the same diameter of shell. It's just necked down to a smaller bullet. So it's still a powerful round. Yeah. So, um, but I, I think Nick will be able to handle it. I think I'm going to get a tripod just to, you know, so it's set so he's not, you know, trying to hold all the weight. You had a um, couple bean
0: bags and a and a sawhorse. That, that would
1: work too, but I'm gonna be in a ground blind, so I don't want to haul that out in public land. So, <laughs> I I'm a horse on my back, but yeah. no, we're really excited. Um, Nick's excited to to actually shoot, so we got to get out and start shooting soon. It's
0: now Nick is he's talking about a ten year old son Nick. Mark's got three young boys, and Nick's the oldest one. Mm-hmm. Nick's in the office with us right now, in the studio with us right now. Is he intimidated? Is he afraid? Or is he excited? We'll see. We'll see. He's he's never shot a gun of that
1: caliber before. He's, of course, he's shot in. Uh, uh, he's shot in an air 15. So a two, two, three, and he's shot in a 22 and this has got a little more kick, but it shouldn't be too bad if, if I have it, you know, on a tripod or something,
0: you know, you're taking over Sam's place here is about learning all about the guns. Uh, Sam off was uh, one of the guys in the four outdoorsman for a couple of years and ended up his family bought Capra sporting goods, and these a gun, everything. He knows, he knows a all. lot more about guns than yeah, I do, but yeah. I do,
1: I do like guns and, uh, collect, I guess I don't collect, but kind of. But um, I,
0: I like guns,
1: and I like shooting guns, and <laughs> so be it.
0: So you're a Republican, I guess. I don't know. It's, <laughs> I like, don't like, know, like, yeah. Somehow they, they coincide. I'm not sure about that. Um, we have
1: a couple minutes before our first guest. Do you want me to do shout-outs?
0: Yeah, quick? do the shout-outs, would you? And I've got one.
1: The shout-out pick today is my brother-in-law, Dustin, who is in Lake of the Woods right now. Um, caught some nice fish. Uh, one of his buddies caught a 26er. He's holding up a 20-incher in the picture. Uh, but a lot of our good friends are checking in here. Will Goble crushed a big sturgeon and flatheads this weekend. You got to see that picture on the four outdoorsman shout out. That is a huge flathead that he's showing in that picture. Twin Cities Wall is unlimited. Hope everyone had a great week. Her first meeting of 23-24 season last Thursday night with Brad Jouar talking open water trolling. It was great info from Brad. Lots of fun. Um, let's see. Brian Amberg says Mason, who we had on last week, is on his way out for the youth hunt going with another group. Without his dad or dogs, we got to wait two weeks. Nuts. Uh, my sister-in-law, Jill Thomas, showed another picture of Lake of the Woods. Steve Renneberg from Ely says, Anglers have been enjoying the fall bite last week in Ely. There's a giant walleye in that picture. And, uh, yeah, that's about it.
0: I'm going to go with a couple of shout-outs. we got John Hoyer. Congratulations to John Hoyer again, who won the, uh, uh, what is that, the NWT, the National Walleye Tournament, whatever the NWT, I think it is and he won that tournament again for the second year this year was in Devils Lake uh, North Dakota our favorite one of our favorite sponsors and uh, we got. I talked to him today, as a matter of fact, and congratulated him. I said, "Are you getting bored? You're getting, you know, you getting bored?" So, uh,
1: is he going to be like Jay Leno's garage, where he just has like fifty boats?
0: <laughs> no, he sells them all. All brand new boats, never, sells them never all. driven once. Yeah, he's going to be on again soon, I'm sure. And uh, he's just, uh, he's, he's a crazy guy. I wonder Man. if you
1: can just take the cash, or do you actually have to physically take the? You boat?
0: You got to physically take the boat. He told us that last time he was in the studio. Yeah. And uh, what a pain
1: as far as an extra step. I mean, it's awesome to win a free boat. Yeah, night. If, if you're selling three boats a year to pay the bills yeah. that's and, be and, a and, pain the, in the, and the taxes
0: and whatnot. Yeah, yeah, this year he won two boats plus the $30,000 cash. So he won hundred and seventy grand worth of stuff, you know. But well deserved, man. Nobody else oh, yeah. has done it. And that's two years in a row. I'm not sure how often that has happened. And the other shout out I got is to uh, my wife and I golf in a scramble at Sioux Creek Golf Course. On uh, on Friday with some friends from the Twin Cities here, and I just want to congratulate Tony and Z- I mean Tom and Zabel and Tony and Sue and Diana because we got an eagle nice. on, on this. Uh, but uh, we still sucked. We got lucky. We got an eagle our first hole. We thought we're on our way, <laughs> and that was about the end of that. But you got somebody on the radio right now. Yeah, somebody I believe on the phone?
1: Uh, our good friend Bill Katz is online. Bill, are you there, buddy?
0: Hey, hey, guys.
1: Well, welcome, Bill. Thanks for stepping up. I heard Brandon's under the weather, so you. Came through in a pinch. I appreciate that. How are you doing, buddy?
3: Not too bad. Not too bad. Getting ready for Lancaster.
1: Well, yeah. Well, give us the whole spiel. We had you on for one final push of Lancaster summer extravaganza. Give us uh, the 30,000-foot view. Tell us when the event is, where to get tickets, all that good stuff.
3: Okay. Well, it, uh, as you guys know, it's next weekend, September 15th and 16th. Um, We've got camping available and you can also come out for the just for the day. It's ten dollars a day. Otherwise you can come out and camp the whole weekend, which is a blast because we're gonna have two to we're looking at probably almost four hundred jacks this year. Wow. It's gonna be
4: a just a great
3: event.
1: I think a lot of people too um, are intimidated about staying the whole weekend, but you can just show up, buy tickets and listen to, to great music for the day. Are you looking for more people to just come and hang out for the day if you, you know it's, it's not that far of a drive from the Twin Cities, 40 minutes or so from, from this studio probably. Just go out for the day and check out the vendors and listen to music and drink some beer and uh, do you have barbecue this year again?
3: Yes, we are going have uh, we've got the pub with uh, Big Boar Barbecue. That's sponsored by Smoky Hills Outdoors. Mm-hmm. That's going to be—I mean, you guys witnessed that—and they just put on a—they put on a great, great uh, festival there. I mean, as far as putting all their food out, mm-hmm. um, it's some of the best barbecue around. That's for sure. Now, Bob, and, uh, go ahead, Billy. This year, this, this year we've got uh, Clam Outdoors is coming out. They're bringing a big spread of all their latest and greatest, um, all their shacks. Uh, they've got, a, and a big thing this year is they're going to have lots of prizes for the kids. Which uh, obviously you guys know we make this a kid-friendly event. Yeah.
0: Hey, but Battelle mentioned people mentioned to all of our listeners who have not heard about this before. What people are going to be spending the night in ice castles and all that other kind of good stuff, right? Well, exactly what it
3: is. It's an event where you bring out your fish house. Doesn't have to be an ice castle. It could be a glacier. It could be a lodge. Um, it could be anything. It could be a tent. You could bring your camper out. Anyone is invited to this this uh, festival. We've got uh, uh, camping set up. We've got porta potties set up all over, so you're good to go there. You don't have to use the one in your shack. <laughs> but uh, what it is, it's an event to open up your fish house, get all your get everything working, see if everything works, get it ready for the winter time. That way, you know once you once that uh, water gets hard, you're good to go and everything's working.
0: Now we had an opportunity to go there and, and uh, BS and introduce uh, uh, Jake Nelson. I think was out there that year and his band. And you got a great band again this year. Uh, it's it really Cindy Joe
1: Schloer, right?
0: CJ is going to be there. Our old friend. Yeah, Cindy Joe is going to be there, and she's got a. I haven't seen her a long, long time. Unfortunately, I'll be in uh, Wisconsin Dells golfing with some buddies for a couple of days, so I'm not going to be there. But if you haven't seen this before, you like the outdoors, take some time and get out there. It's uh, it's one heck of a, a heck of an event.
3: It is. With uh, this year, Saturday night we've got uh, Slam Alabama is back with us. Mm-hmm. They're a great cover band. They do all kinds of music. And then, like you said, we got Cindy Joe coming out, and uh, something new this year. Um, you know, one of the big things out there, they're always talking about. Well, yeah, bring out your bring your fish house out. Yeah, there's not much fishing going on. Well, we took care of that problem. This year, we've got the live trout pond for the kids. <laughs> yeah. And that is going to be just a fantastic picture. And if any of you
0: guys bring your kids out there and want to try the trout pond, do what Mark Lukey does. Don't use the bait that they have out there. Bring What was it, bacon? Bacon. Bacon works. <laughs> bring, bring, a, uh, poc- bring a pocket full bacon of crispy bit. bacon, yep. and you will catch more than anybody else. <laughs> Bill, Bill Katz of Katz covers, uh, covers, thanks for joining us again tonight. Have fun next weekend. Hope it's really successful. I hope the weather holds out for you.
3: Oh God! Thanks a lot, guys. I really appreciate it. But
0: take care, buddy. Good to hear from you. All right, uh, good man. He's a good man. Hey, good man. We're gonna take a break here soon. Yeah. At, uh, at six forty, we got Jason Langen from Canada, Canada, talking about marlin fishing. But right now, in about oh five minutes, So we got Dan Ladd, editor of the New York Outdoor News. Be right back.
2: best part of Bob Outdoors?
0: No problem.
5: Just click on the Weekend tab at MyBobCountry.com to listen back to the Four Outdoorsmen anytime.
0: It hey, is no secret how the Four Outdoorsmen feel about Devil's Lake, North Dakota. There's so much to do for the entire family whether or not you hunt or fish. Steve Carney as well, one of the most successful and respected guides in the Midwest. Well, he's hooked on Devil's Lake. After his most recent guiding trip there, Steve said, quote, Hey, Devil's Lake just might be the best fishery I've ever been on. I've got myself a walleye hangover. I think that's a pretty good thing. Hey, plan your next trip at Devil'sLakeND.com. Dezeal Heating and AC has let the dogs out.
2: (coughs) For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and AC and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free industry-leading warranty and may qualify for additional rebates. For details, call Dezeal's Comfort Consultants or go to DezealHVac.com.
0: Welcome to Fall Colors in Northern Minnesota. i tell you what, it's a perfect time of the year to head to Ely to see some of those colors. You know, in September and October, still offer great open water fishing, and the grouse numbers are up, and Arrowhead Outdoors is going to help you with either. Everybody knows that Arrowhead Outdoors on the east end of town is the best and biggest fishing, hunting, and camping store in the entire area. And Chris and Steve, well, they're two of the nicest people you're ever going to meet. Whatever you need for the outdoors, Arrowhead Outdoors has it. And stop in and tell them that Strewman sent you.
2: Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can Am, You're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible, on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and
0: more. Hey, we all know Ely is home to some of the best fishing in all of Minnesota, and we brag that Arrowhead Outdoors is also the best bait and tackle shop in the entire area, and it is. For the second year in a row, Arrowhead Outdoors has been voted the very best fishing outfitter in the entire state, according to the readers of the Minneapolis Star and Tribune. That's a big deal. The best. Not second. Not third. The best. Hey, next time you're on Ely, stop by Arrowhead Outdoors and congratulate Chris and Steve and find out what makes Arrowhead Outdoors truly number one. And thank you.
2: We're going abroad up- For the first time in years, to Spain. So we started using Babbel. And started learning Spanish fast. With Babbel, you can start having conversations in another language in just three weeks. ¿Cómo te llamas? ¿Cómo te llamas? When you learn a language, you want to actually use it. Babbel is designed with that goal in mind.
0: In just three weeks, we're starting to have conversations in Spanish. Gracias, Babbel.
1: Babbel, language for life. Now try Babbel for free at babbel.com. That's B-A-B-B-E-L.com.
4: Like any good agent, we're here for the open house, for the closing, for handing over keys. But because we're Realtors, we're here for so much more. Agents who are Realtors
0: volunteer at nearly three times the national average. We're working to broaden access to credit, increase affordable housing supply, and ensure fair housing for all. And Realtors are bound
4: by a code of ethics. We're here for it all. Realtors are members of the National Association of Realtors. That's who we are.
0: All right, welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen, everybody. Strewman here. Steve Strusinski, Mark Lukey to my left. His son, Nick, is to his left. And Brandon is our engineer taking care of us tonight. We got a cool guy on today, Dan Land. Dan Land is out of uh, Adirond- Adirondack Mountain, something like that, in New York. Dan, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen.
2: Uh, we got Jason on at 620 and then Dan at 640. Okay,
0: let's start again. <laughs> hey, welcome back to the Four Outdoorsmen. Jason, are you there? Yeah, good start. <laughs> <laughs> I, I should have. You should have invited me uh, uh, to be uh, to to go fishing with Marlin, fishing with you, pal. We'll see how successful you would have been on. huh? Yeah, yeah. It
1: happens from time to time. It's okay. We're we're good at being flexible.
0: Hey, Jason Langen, out of Canada. He's someplace in Canada. Uh, welcome to the Four Outdoorsmen. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
1: Hey, uh, thanks for having me
0: here. Yeah, well, you were a busy guy. I met this guy at a Pink concert, must be three weeks by now, uh, at Target Field, and he was right in my section, and I was we talked quite a bit and found out he loves hunting and fishing, dot, 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 dot And that's how I heard about this story. It's crazy. But from where did you go from Minnesota? You went down all over the place and finally just got back to Canada.
4: Oh, yeah, we were on a little tour there, and... Uh... You know, it was for the kids. Pink wasn't for me. It was a, uh, you know, you got to do things for the <laughs> sure,
6: kids. But, uh, sure, sure. <laughs> it, it
4: was it was a it was a weekend that we weren't out at the fishing cabin, so it was, it was good. It was a good trip.
0: Now we're going to talk about the marlin contest, you a tournament that you and the gang were in. You guys, how did you find out about this in Cabo San Lucas? Is that one of your favorite spots? Did you go there regularly?
4: Well, it's it's a beautiful spot, and we I had been there uh, previously with a friend and. Uh, girlfriend at the time, who's now my wife, and uh, did a little marlin fish in there, and fell in love with the place, and really fell in love with marlin in general, and uh, one of the coolest things you can see, like, we fish inland here, as you guys do in Minnesota, and you're you're fishing for basically marlin bait, is what, what they call it out there, <laughs>
6: and
4: uh, I don't know, once, once you get one of them things on the line, it's, the addiction kind of starts, and that, that's how it happened.
1: Yeah. That's kinda of classic. You're in, you know, the best spot to fish uh walleye's in the world and uh, you want to go fish for marlins halfway across the world, huh?
6: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
4: We uh i I've been pretty blessed with the walleye's uh with with where my family cabin is and uh in laws actually it's, it's pretty wild. It's very remote and hundred, two hundred walleyes a day is a kind of kind of a no big deal. But uh when you're out there Marlin fish in the ocean. You're looking usually for one bite, two bites a day. So it's it's a little different. You got to have patience, but it's it's worth it when it happens. That's for sure.
0: So you got the bug to go marlin fishing, not only just to go with a, a charter and have a good time with your buddies or your wife. You and your buddies somehow came up with the brain, you know the 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 brainstorm. that said, let's enter one of these tournaments. Had you seen one of those tournaments in Cabo when you were down there before you made this decision?
4: Yeah, what what we were down there and we started hearing about Bisbee's Bisbee's it's a Bisbee's black and blue it's they describe it as the world's richest the world's biggest fishing tournament and that's that's basically what it is it's it's insane it happens every October and all the who's who of Marlin fishing people with their yachts down they're basically fishing yachts right Mm -hmm. and they come down and they're putting in they're they're hiring people from all around the world, the captains and mates to come and run their boats. And they're bringing it, and they're down there for a month at a time, like, warming up and practicing, fishing some smaller tournaments before that. And they call that the granddaddy of them all, the black and blue. And we said, we got we got to do this, guys. Like, started strumming together a couple people, you know, Well, oh, I would do it, I would do it. And then you got the ones that are say they're going to do it, right. back out at yep. the last minute. Yep. But we uh, we put together a crew and we went down there, me and four of my friends and uh, my dad and his buddy jumped on just just to come for the trip, not for the fishing, but you know, be there as a, the support squad. So,
1: so the logistics is what always gets me right. You're in Canada. Where did you? How did you get find a boat? Well,
4: it was uh, a lot of internet searching and a lot of phone calls by me. And, you know, everyone, when you go to these places, you're looking around. And for us, unlike a lot of people in the tournament, budget was a big thing. And, yeah. uh, you know, we, we got to pay for a, a week to stay there. We got to pay for, to get down there. And the boat, we want to be comfortable, but we also have to realize that we're on a budget. So we ended up finding this gentleman, found the boat, Carlos. He was our captain. His father owned the boat one of the nicest people you could ever meet in your life still friends with him to this day and it just all the stars aligned we got and the first time i met him is when the day before the tournament we went we went down there and walked around the marina and met him and started talking about what we're going to do rationed the boat gave him some money to buy us lots of uh waters maybe a couple beer and uh Told him we'll meet him in the morning at five AM to start the tournament. Uh, that,
2: that's
0: that's your that's your kind of pre fishing, I'll tell you. That's that, really that's really cool. That's <laughs> a lot of trust too, yeah, you, yeah, know? It is, yeah, it you is. know. Carlos what, could have been anywhere the next day. What, what is what him. is the entry fee to get into that tournament?
4: Well, the the base entry is it's five thousand bucks to get into the tournament. That's not including your boat or what, like your charter fees and all that, or if you own your own boat. And then there's jackpots. There's it's a three day tournament, so Every day is there's different jackpots. If you you go in the five hundred dollar, thousand, two thousand, three thousand, five thousand, ten thousand a day. So if you if you're all into everything, it it runs you up to about seventy thousand five hundred dollars. Which uh, guys like us tradesmen, you know, from Canada, we work hard, but uh, the paychecks don't come as big as uh you know <laughs> you can't throw away seventy thousand to get into a fishing tournament. At least not for. <laughs> At least not for us
0: did you guys enter and, uh, did you guys enter a couple of those jackpots
4: yeah we, we went into the thousand dollar a day and it uh it ended up paying off quite well for us but uh not as well if we we're obviously into the big money there so we uh we, we put together we saved up for a couple of years and you know and it was it was a big deal for us so it was we did what we could entered what we could and felt comfortable with and yeah that was it and hindsight maybe should have went in more but
0: it uh, <laughs> so uh, wasn't, wasn't feasible let's get to the fishing so you hop on this boat you meet meet Carlos for the second time and how did it go the first day
4: first day was on our standards for any regular fisherman going down there it was a great day right off the hop we caught a sailfish which doesn't count to the tournament we caught few striped marlin which are generally smaller than the blues or blacks that you're fishing for in this tournament they have to be over 300 pounds to even qualify like you can't bring them you just everything's released in in that tournament unless it's over 300 pounds so we we caught a couple on day one and also yeah day two we caught another couple more but it was just kind of it was it was it was going awesome like we're having the time of our lives right but we were still out there looking for that that one big fish
0: so god the one you the one that you guys won the tournament let's get this right out of the bat but the one that you caught was that on the third day then the big it, one that you it caught was,
4: it was it was the last day of fishing right <laughs> so so day 1 there was two boats that right away caught they caught like a 314 pounder maybe and then a 356 another team so the team who caught that 314 they had won a tournament like a week before in Cabo they're out of Costa Rica. Really, really good team. Like, yeah, heard, heard about them for a long time. And they were in for everything. So we knew they were getting a bunch of money. But on day two, no one caught one over 300 pounds. So what we were thinking, it was a carryover. So all that prize money from day two carried over to day three. Oh, boy. <laughs> so we were, <laughs> yeah. we were just excited. On, on day two, we were at the scales. Like, after the day's fishing, they everyone brings their fish in. Uh, one of them. Well, uh, local boat uh, out of somewhere in close to Cabo, uh, Mexican team. They brought in a boat, and it was two hundred or a marlin. It was two hundred ninety-five pounds, five pounds under. That that cost them like probably over a million dollars. If it was five <laughs> pounds heavier,
6: wow. And yeah.
4: So I still have visions of my friend standing there, <laughs> looking looking at the scale, and he's going like he's doing the signal that it's no good. It's too small before they even <laughs> announce it, and to see. To see the defeat in that team's eyes, but the glory in my buddy's eyes that (laughs) we have a chance now it's going to carry over to day three. That is a
1: lot of money. We're going to get into that part, but they missed out on that much money by five pounds.
4: Five pounds. I mean, that's that's life-changing money.
1: That is crazy.
4: Yeah, so then day three, we wake up, and we're in a hotel room. We wake up at about 4.30 and I. I called him. my dad was in the hotel room just down the hall and I knew he'd be sleeping, but I, I called him. I said, Dad, give me a speech right now. Yeah. I grew up playing baseball. He was always my coach.
0: Yeah.
4: I said, Dad, give me a speech right now. That's cool. And he comes up, he goes he goes he goes, son, just go out what you always do. You always figure out a way how to get it done. And I said, Okay, love you. I'll see you at the scale.
6: That's cool, so cool.
4: See you at the scale, I mean you're you're weighing a fish, right? And yeah. we we went out there and we were catching it was weird. We went to a new area and all the charter who wasn't in the tournament were, were down there and they were catching tuna and there was tuna everywhere. And we started catching like too big of tuna to use for bait, right? we were catching like 30, 40 pounders and they wear you out. But we had one 10 pound tuna. And if you catch a couple of those, that's what the Marlin eat. So we were looking for one more to use and troll around and, and fish and use for bait. And we just, we just kept catching big ones. And, uh, Finally, we talked to the team, and my buddies were like, "Jays, like we got to go tell Carlos. Like, let's uh, let's get out of here. Let's go back to what we've been doing, trolling with lures, and no more." I, I went up to the tower where Carlos drives from. I said, "Carlos, I'm like, I think we should just go back to lures." And he was—he's a great man. He said, "Whatever you guys want." He goes, he goes, I would like to catch one more." He goes, "But let's go back to lures." And no more than half an hour after leaving there, I was lying down underneath and. I heard the line start screaming, and my buddy started screaming, and that and then I come running out of the bottom of the boat, and I just see the fish jumping, and it was, it was just incredible to see. And I'm like, "Oh my, there it is!" And uh, my friend Tyler, who was on the rod at that point, he, he was like our strongest guy. He's been working out, best guy in the world. He was like, "Ty, get in the chair, buddy. Like it's this is go time." He got in the chair, and it was it was on after that it was just a team effort he got it in so fast he was reeling like so dang hard he was sweating like a horse <laughs> and uh like it's it you know we're, we're canadians and we're not, we're not used to that heat and heat. <laughs> that fish generally would take average guy would say three hours to get that thing in. he got in, in a half an hour
6: <laughs> the both,
4: both side and and to come and yeah there was there were some moments in there and some choice words when that fish was coming up like it's just a monster right we didn't know how big it was until you actually like it's beside the boat and i talked with the captain and he's like hey we got to do this with the gas and we've got to gaff it in the back and then i'm back there with the gaff and then all of a sudden everyone's get it in the head and i'm like oh this is news to me i just had a <laughs> 10 minute conversation with the captain that we're supposed to gaff this thing in the back anyways we we got it in the boat and we it took a while, and we just all sat back and like finally like we it was like about noon at twelve o'clock, and we just sat there we're like let's let's have a beer and just think about what's going on right now. <laughs> even the captain who wouldn't even never never even think about having a beer on the boys he's like I'll have a beer. He's like we got to think about this, <laughs> and we uh we ended up yeah we just like let's go back. The scale didn't open till three o'clock. We just gradually cruise back from I like, think we were 20 miles away, and uh, went for a little boat ride back to slowly, with the most beautiful scenery in Cabo, and went to the scale. And then after when that happens, now you know you made it when you're when you're backing down that boat and there's people everywhere in the oh, camera everywhere. Bet. I bet.
0: Yeah. Oh, it gets it gets you a
4: little uh, gets you a little choked up at times, and get, it gets real right oh, then
0: but, uh, uh, Jason, we got three minutes. How big was the fish?
4: Oh, it was—it was, it weighed exactly five hundred pounds.
0: <laughs> so you guys knew that no one was even going to come close to this fish, right?
4: No, it was three hundred and fifty-six. Was the next closest one.
0: Wow. And
4: uh, so, so they do the whole weighing thing, and you do you do everything, and you're a celebrity for a couple days, and. Uh, and what they do it all goes to charity. It's every every fish, ninety nine percent of the fish in that tournament get released, but any ones that get that have to go, you know, a trophy they they get all donated to the to the local people and it goes to charity and that's enough to bring a tear to your all eye Oh, right, I bet it does get that fish.
0: Alright, so the bad yeah. new the bad news bears beat the big guys. What was your check? What did you guys win in this tournament? Ours
4: was three hundred and fifty six thousand dollars American <laughs> You do you do a little conversion into our Canadian money right now, which is which is struggling a bit. Brings you around five hundred. Uh, <laughs> the, boys, the boys on Tranquil, who came third, they were they won two point five million dollars. So that's that's what you can get. That's what you get when you could put in all that extra up to seventy thousand to go fish a tournament. You know,
0: wow, not, not
4: average guys' money to
0: you know. Is that, that's an absolutely amazing story? Is that a one and done thing? Or are you guys going back for more?
4: we had gone back three times after that um the second time back after we had we had a fish we had a good fish and there was a malfunction one of our we some broke in our in our gear which it's it's it happens when you got an animal that size pulling on the end Yeah, it, we don't know we don't know you never know how big it, it was it, we know it was big but who knows there was yeah. there was a lot of fish around that year and it was just yeah anytime you could go and do it it's awesome
0: jason gotta let you go man this is an amazing story and wow. you're uh, a and, great storyteller too, man. that's a great story and i tell you you must have one hell of a wife that's <laughs> 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 you married you married. i saw her she's pretty but uh, you married one hell of a good woman to uh to uh, uh just let you do your stuff what man what a gamble but man you that, aren't kidding that is
1: awesome congratulations
0: Jason Thank Langen, be- thanks for joining us on the Four Outdoorsman. Our listeners are going to let the it, it, eating this thing up. This is a once-in-a-lifetime deal. I'm so excited for you. I'm glad we met at the concert. You take care of yourself. Be safe, and we'll stay in touch because I know you got more stories. We're going to have you on again. All right.
4: Okay, take care. Thank you. You
0: bet. J- Jason Langen, Canada. I, I think he's in Toronto or someplace over in that area, not right not right north of us. But my lord, that's a story. Wow. What a gamble. Five hundred grand, whatever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, now we're going to be right back with Jason Lang and just and be right back with Dan Ladd, editor of the New York Outdoor News.
2: Bob FM, home of the Four Wheels of Fun ATV giveaway. Listen for your
0: keywords to win Monday morning at 7.50. You've heard us talk about Devil's Lake for quite a while now and there are many, many reasons why. To think that 30 years ago, Devils covered about 85,000 acres, today that same body of water is over 160,000 acres, and that story alone brings the curious to visit this wonderful place. But it's the no-slot limit on walleyes with five a day and ten a possession. That's bringing the four outdoorsmen to Devil's Lake as often as we can. Devil's Lake, North Dakota, rated one of the top five fisheries in the entire country. Visit DevilsLakeND.com. and thanks.
2: Heating and A.C. has let the dogs out. For a limited time, buy two, get one free. That's right, buy a furnace and A.C. and get a free water heater. If your water heater is getting up there in age, there's a good chance it's the same age as your heating and cooling system. Save on monthly utility bills with new, efficient equipment that comes with a free industry-leading warranty and may qualify for additional rebates. For details, call Daziel's Comfort Consultants or go to
0: dazielhvac.com. Hey, we all know Ely is home to some of the best fishing in all of Minnesota, and we brag that Arrowhead Outdoors is also the best bait and tackle shop in the entire area, and it is. For the second year in a row, Arrowhead Outdoors has been voted the very best fishing outfitter in the entire state, according to the readers of the Minneapolis Star and Tribune. That's a big deal. The best, not second, not third, the best. Hey, next time you're an Ely, stop by Arrowhead Outdoors and congratulate Chris and Steve and find out what makes Arrowhead Outdoors truly number one. And thank you.
2: Power Lodge is the number one source for ATVs in the upper Midwest. With the top three brands, including Polaris, CF Moto, and Can-Am, you're able to test drive them all in a head-to-head comparison to find the perfect ATV for hunting, ice fishing, plowing, and having the best time possible, on four wheels. Power Lodge also offers all the best gear to fully customize your off-road vehicle, including plows, windshields, heated hand grips, gun scabbards, and more.
0: All right, we're back. That was one hell of a story from Jason Langen out of Canada. Goes down to Cabo San Lucas, and enters a fishing tournament for marlin. Never did it before. He and his buddies won five hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy. That's a story, boy. This guy's nuts. I had a long, a lot of long conversations with him at the Pink concert. When we were there at Target Field a couple of weeks ago, right now we've got a young man named uh, Dan Ladd out of uh, New York. Dan, are you there?
5: I'm doing great. Did you call me a young man? I did. I did. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone's young. Well, That's true.
1: So
0: you're good. I'm 72, pal. You're not. You're not near that yet. I
5: well, I appreciate that.
0: <laughs> I don't think you are by any means. anyway, so, you know. I read your bio and all that. I, you've been out. You've you have been all over the place. I, I kind of teased you when I said you never. You're not gonna. Not going to have any moss on the bottom of your shoes because this guy has done everything. Dan, tell us about your background. How did you end up becoming involved with the outdoor news? What's your background with, with your kid? How did you get involved in hunting and fishing?
5: Well, I, I it's, it's a family tradition. It's as simple as that. I grew up in the Adirondacks of New York State. Um, if you're not familiar with New York State, a lot of people think of New York City. But there's a whole lot more to New York than New York City, believe me. Uh, you know, we have a huge upstate portion of the this state and i live in the mountains i can count on one hand how many times i've been to new york city and uh <laughs> most, <laughs> the adirondacks is a wild place there's a lot of public land a uh, very vast wilderness and that's where i do my primarily most of my hunting and fishing and uh in fact i just came back trip there this weekend i'm just rolling in here a couple hours ago and unpacking and and uh after a nice weekend up north and enjoying it but um we, we have a good wilderness in this area, and it's a, it's a great thing to promote. You know, New York State has a lot of outdoor resources, very broad. And when you think of the Finger Lakes, the Great Lakes, the ocean, uh, and, of course, the Adirondacks, there's just, there's just a lot to offer here. So that lends itself to our publication, New York Outdoor News, which mm-hmm. is, I'm sure you're familiar with Minnesota Outdoor News, which is our mothership paper, and they publish weekly, New York publishes biweekly as well as, Five other states uh, Pennsylvania, Ohio, Michigan, Illinois, Wisconsin, and uh, they all, you know, all the Great Lakes states. And New York is just one of that, one part of that network, that outdoor news network. And I'm happy to be part of
0: it. They're Good for happy you. To be part Good for you. You know, hang on a second. But you you yeah. talked about uh, the outdoor news. Uh, we steal 90% of our guests from the outdoor news in Minnesota here. We know Rob Driesline and and Tim Spielman, all the guys involved with them for, for years. And, uh, so that's what we got you buddy. That's what we got you. But anyway, (laughs) my buddy Mark's got something to ask. Yeah. I just wanted to say,
1: so I have a great friend, um, from upstate New York, and he described his youth there. And when we go fishing in, in Northern Minnesota, he says, there's a lot of similarities. It's just wilderness and woods and water. And, uh, so for our listeners, uh, they can kind of compare it to Northern Minnesota as far as the landscape. Is that is that kind of correct? Do you think?
5: Well, from what I understand, I I haven't been to Minnesota, but I'm familiar with the, obviously the Boundary Canoe Waters area,
1: yep.
5: and we have we have a lot of um, waters that are similar. We have one a little smaller. It's called the Saint Regis Canoe Area, mm-hmm. but it's a protected wilderness area. There's obviously no motorized boats or anything like that. And it's um, thousands of acres, over 100 little ponds, most of them trout ponds, you know, brook trout, rainbow trout, um, brown trout, lake trout, a few other species, but primarily trout waters, uh, very sensitive waters. There's a lot going on with that in New York right now, trying to protect these waters and keep the fish, you know, keep the habitat there for them and mainly the temperature, water temperature. But uh yes uh, if you just anyone who's not familiar with the adirondacks just google the adirondacks and the catskills for that matter the catskills oh, yeah. are further yeah. the state, they're a little closer to, to new york city and then the alleghenies are in western new york and those are the mountain regions in new york but the finger lakes are also big lakes but um getting back to your your point you're making there you know i, I when i when i hear about boundary canoe waters area i think of where I am in the Adirondacks, the, right. the, you know, canoe area and, and similar ponds. So. You know,
0: you, you mentioned that you're, you're always trying to protect the waters, and, and which we are as well in the state of Minnesota. You're probably familiar, familiar with Twin Metals is trying to build copper mining, nickel mining, some kind of mining. Uh, they've been trying to get it for years now, and it's going to be within about a mile of the Boundary Waters canoe area and there's been a lot of uproar about it as, as well, so they keep denying it, keep denying it, keep denying it, because it, it, we just we just need to keep the BWCA as it is, and and I've been up there many, many times, and uh, the, uh, the best memories I've ever had in the outdoors are in northern Minnesota and the BWCA, by far. So, uh, yeah, you can't you can't take a chance on that.
5: There's something to be said for quiet waters. I mean, mm-hmm. I was just in a place like that this weekend. I wasn't further up north where the St. Regis is, but I was in the Indian Lake area, Adirondacks and it is just a wonderful peaceful place you know it just I'm out there in a pack boat doing a little fishing doing a little paddling with my wife enjoying some time with friends it was a little warmer than it normally is more summer like than fall like you know the know we're in early early stages of not quite uh, astronomical fall but meteorological fall obviously but yeah uh, yeah yeah, you know, it's it's uh, this is a wild place, and don't let anyone ever tell you otherwise. Uh, people hear the words New York and they think the city. <laughs> and there's again, I I can count on one hand how many times I've been in New York City, and it's you know I go for a ball game once in a while, and that's about it. <laughs> you know, but uh, it's I, I get lost in the city, but I'm fine out in the country. Hello, boy. Hello, boy. <laughs> at the compass, you know I'm happy. <laughs>
1: very good, very good. Well, we um, I think I believe that was me that read a great article of yours that that was here in the Minnesota Outdoor News about um shooting sports and schools and um I just thought that it was just very relevant and, and it was a great article so I asked her to reach out to you. Why don't you explain a little bit about the article and uh just let us know what's happening with that in particular.
5: Sure. Well thank you for picking up on that. I appreciate that a lot and uh what what happened in early august was the biden administration made an announcement that the secretary of education miguel cardona i hope Mm -hmm. i'm saying is correctly um they basically were proposing to remove federal funding for hunter education and archery programs under a legislation that passed last year in 2022 of the bipartisan safer communities act and that came in the wake of a mass shooting here in Buffalo, New York, as well as the one in Uvalde, Texas. And the intent of that was, and you can ask the politicians who signed on, but again, bipartisan is the key word here. You know, they had mm-hmm. people support both sides of the aisle.
6: Yeah,
5: And uh, that's the key word. And the intent was to basically not use edu- federal education money to, say, you know, pay a teacher, train a teacher in firearms training or hire a security officer in a school basically what they were saying is if the schools want to do that it's on them from the expense standpoint well what the biden administration has done particularly hey you know biden he might not even know about this who knows uh, (laughs) i'm guessing you're correct (laughs) he's still sleeping yes yeah 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 yeah. 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 (laughs) but somewhere in the administration obviously through the secretary of education cardona they've realized that this this legislation has language in it that says, you know, we can't allow, we can't support anything that promotes dangerous weapons. Well, that's where archery comes into play and uh, hunter education. So they're saying, and, and there's still some things that aren't clear on this. And I don't want to be all alarmist on this either, because when this, when this did come out, obviously we wanted to report on it. We wanted yeah. to let people know that this was going on. We weren't trying to be, you know, what's the term I'm looking for? We weren't trying to get anybody upset or, you know, be alarmist or anything like that. But we're a newspaper. And right. my job, our job is to tell people what's going on. So mm-hmm. that's what this was. That was the intent of this article. And um, we wanted to let you know it was out there. And we also wanted to let people know that the groups like, the you know, the National Shooting Sports Foundation, the Congressional Sportsman's Foundation, the Sportsman's Alliance, all these groups that are our watchdogs for our rights. You know, they were already on top of it and working on, you know, working to rectify this. Mm-hmm. But um, really, what's come out of it since then, I really haven't heard much recently, but in the days and maybe a couple weeks that followed, and we did a follow up article as well here in New York. And I do want to talk about, I'll use New York as an example when I get there, but um, anyway, the whole thing is, is, you have, it comes back to being bipartisan, and you have Republican and Democrat legislators who signed on to this. So, in the Western states, you know, hunter education is a big thing in some of these yeah. states, from what I understand. And you have Democrats saying to the president, hey, this wasn't what we were bargaining for
6: here. Right.
5: And of course, Republicans from my region, which is, you know, we, we are we're primarily, uh, the minority (laughs) um the republicans i should say and um and you know gun rights that type of thing those of us who are are pro-gun and pro-shooting sports we're kind of the minority in in this part of the country and um they've come forth and said hey we didn't sign on it for this so Mm -hmm. hopefully that message is being heard that's what we're really hoping and we haven't heard much on it since then um, these groups are working, again, to correct this. And, and I would like to think, and, I, and I've heard this from other folks in the industry, like Tom Gresham, who does Gun Talk Radio, mm-hmm. and I follow Tom. And, you know, he, he was, like, his his message was, hey, let's not get too excited here, but we need to know this is going on, keep an eye on it. And that's what we're doing. Um, right. You know, I think anyone who's involved, I mean, like you and myself, you know, we're not just involved at our state level. Somewhere we're probably involved at our local level where it's a local gun club or whatever. It's all about just telling people that this stuff is going on. Right. Now, the impact of this is what's scary. If this, were to, if this was to carry and move forward, I mean, the National Archery in Schools Program, this is the point I want to make, is here in New York, the National Archery in Schools Program is just... Enormous. And, it, and it's, mm-hmm. I've heard all kinds of figures from 1.3 million kids nationwide, 9,000 schools, things like that. But, you know, when, when Biden ran for election in, in 2020, he talked about all of us coming together, you know, being diverse, right. things like. Well, the, you know what school does the best in New York State at the National Archery and Schools program? It's a school called St. Uh, I think it's called St. Joseph's by the Sea. It's down on, uh, I believe, Staten Island. Uh, and. <coughs> You have kids of all different races, all different ages, different right. genders, all being together, shooting on this team, and winning. Yeah. I mean, they win the state championship. This is exactly what they're asking for. Right. And this is exactly what you'd be taking away mm-hmm. if you followed this. You know, you, like again, and, and you in Minnesota, I'm sure you're well, well aware of the uh, the high school track league program. Oh, yeah. Which yep. really caught on here in New York in the last five or six mm-hmm. years, and I've been. A- front row spectator to all that and you look at it and you got the seventh grade kid hanging out with a 10th grade yeah. kid hanging out with the 12th grade kid who you know the quarterback of the of the football team is shooting on the same team as the kid who plays bass drum in the junior high school band you know we just and had we just had kids, the, they're uh... all coming together for a common purpose and they're sharing and shooting and that's what shooting sports does yeah. now you and i know that yeah
0: we just had the, the Minnesota State clay target shooter in our studio here. We interviewed him a couple of weeks back with his dad, and who's his coach, and the the numbers that he puts up to win this titles. He's got nine state titles so far, and he's got a, a scholarship to someplace in North Carolina, Mark, or mm-hmm. South Carolina. Yep. And, uh, yeah, it's huge around here. I just can't picture high school without it, or I just can't picture that. Well, I,
1: I just want to say that uh, – like you said, we just need to keep the politicians in check. Obviously, this bill wasn't intended for that, and people wouldn't have signed off on it. And I think if people don't raise a stink about it, they sneak things like this through. And then before you know it, you know, funding's cut for uh, you know, gun safety, education, and shooting sports in schools, which would be just devastating for all these communities. So uh, kudos exactly. to you for really pointing it out. We have to keep the pressure on to politicians that this is not what we signed up for. And frankly, don't use, um, you know, tragic events to push agendas that are separate from what really happened. You know what I mean? So um, thank you. Thank you for, for, for bringing this to light because it has to be done.
5: And sadly, you know, unfortunately, and we see this here in New York big time with, I mean, we're going through, I could go on and on about some of the gun laws that we're yeah. dealing with just up this week. And I know you folks just went through a, a lead ammo mm-hmm. ban and we've got, that staring us in the face in the future and there's other things going on but the bottom line is what sadly what a lot of these politicians fail to see that are that are paranoid about guns and the fact that a kid might be handling a gun or a bow or anything like that they don't see the positive aspects that shooting sports right. bring to these kids you know mm-hmm. which we've just touched on. the fact that you do have different genders and different races and different age classes of kids all coming together for a common goal on a team that is entirely different from baseball or football yeah. or basketball or any other school sport, you know, and that's, that's the beauty of shooting sports. And um, not only do we need to keep them funded, but we don't, we don't want to see schools lose federal funding, you know, just because they are sponsoring these programs, right. which is what's the one, that's, what's unknown here, you know, through the elementary and secondary education act of 1965, we don't know if that is um, jeopardized because somebody's doing this and, and you know and i'm you talk to people on the street and you mention dangerous weapons and, and the point of this is like well what about a kid taking home they're using a knife you know oh, or what about
6: right. yeah.
5: you know different different vocational programs of schools where they're learning to use chainsaws and there's all kinds of dangerous oh, yeah. things these kids are using and but again it comes back to the the non-informed politicians who a little paranoid about this stuff, given given what's happened in you know in across the country, right? The bad the bad folks, and uh, and we're left to pa- bear the brunt of it. Unfortunately, that uh, that's what it's from. So,
0: Daniel, hey, I don't know you personally by any means, and we just met obviously on the radio here, but in a, a couple of conversations by phone. This you're a great guy, you know, and I've looked at your background, all the stuff you're involved with me. North Region Vice President of, of uh, New York State's Outdoor Writers Association. You're involved heavily, and and we need people like you to keep us all informed. To be honest with you, and we really appreciate it. So I'll tell you what, we're gonna have you on again. I'm gonna keep your name and phone number. If you if you're okay, once in a while, we'll have you on and talk about different stuff as well. I want to find all about the about the iron iron sight gr- guys you the are. Iron. Yeah, that that kind of stuff and. What? I want to hear some stories from you because uh, you speak well, and 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 you got me all excited about going to uh, to the to the uh, the woods of, of New York. I tell you, it just sounds beautiful. So much. All, all right, right buddy, you, te- you take care ball of ball. yourself. We got to wrap it up. Uh, we got real talk outdoors is coming up at seven o'clock. And again, Dan, I'll stay in touch with you. But that's okay. We'll have you on again. Thank you, gentlemen. All right, take that's care of yourself. Thank you very much, boy. That's a that's a smart man. Yeah, that's a smart yeah. man. Thanks to him. Uh, thanks to Jason Langen and. Uh, Anybody else who was ever on this show again, and thanks to all of you guys for listening. We have a lot of fun, but we laugh a lot. And like uh, as a result of Dan Ladd being on the show tonight, we surely learn a lot as well. Thanks, everybody. Have a great week. My buddy Mark's got something to say.
1: Get outside and make some memories.